Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Shades of Strong, where we are talking about all the things that shape, make, and sometimes break the strong black woman. I'm Cheryl, and Natty is not here today, but she's here in spirit. <laughs> Listen, we are doing something a little different today because we are a little over halfway through season two of the podcast. Natty and I thought now would be a great time for us to highlight some of our most listened to episodes. So what we did was we did a little compilation of 60 second clips of our most listened to episodes for season two. And so we would love for you to take a listen to the clips. And if you haven't listened to the episodes, we invite you to go back and listen. If you have listened to the episode, we invite you to listen again. And see if you can get if you can take something different from from it because I I know that's the case with me. Whenever I listen to other podcasts and even my own podcast, sometimes when I listen a second or a third time, there's always a different message. So we invite you to go back and listen again. And when you listen, tell a friend to tell a friend. Each episode that's highlighted in the clips will be listed in the show notes of this episode, and you can view the show notes at shadesofstrong.com. And I do believe they're listed in like the Apple descriptions as well. So you'll get a list of each episode that we've highlighted. And again, as always, when you've listened, head over to social media. Tell us what you thought about the episode. Tell us what you love, what you did love, what we could do different, what we could do better. We want to hear from you because these highlights give us an indication of what you want to hear us talk about. And we are most certainly taking notes. So tell us what you want, what you want to hear. We want to hear from you. So across all social media platforms, Shades of Strong, the website is shadesofstrong.com. You can also leave us a voice message on the website and you can send us a private email if you would like at hi at shadesofstrong.com. Whatever floats your boat, honey, we just want to hear from you. I hope you enjoy the compilation that we put together for you and we look forward to hearing from you. All right. I hope to see you on social media it is extremely dismissive right and i think that so i I think of that like oh someone is trying to dismiss a black woman's feelings or expression by labeling her an angry black woman and as right so here's my thing about the angry black woman or even the strong black woman or the anything black woman we are not defined by one thing only ever, right? Especially one emotion. Because the thing about emotions is they come and they go, right? So to label anyone based on something that is temporary, even if it's frequent, right? Even if we are frequently feeling angry as we have the right to do, no one should be labeled one thing, right? Or, or and beyond one thing based on one emotion. So for me, I would have the same problem if we were talking about a sad Black woman. And it would also be equally as much of a myth if we were talking about a happy Black woman meet some expectation that I had, or I'm angry with you. So therefore, I'm going to not speak to you for a period of time to teach you a lesson, or I'm going to withdraw, like you said, affection, or make sure that we're physically separated. I'm sleeping somewhere else, something like that. That definitely can be, that's definitely abuse because it's, it's like, it's a form of punishment, which goes back to being controlling. And anytime you're in a relationship where someone is trying to control you, that it is abusive. And I I think a lot of times 
we as black women, we we tend to stay in in relationships because of loyalty. Under the guise of loyalty, we are often less likely to want to turn our partners over to the police because of what may possibly happen to them if they're in the custody of the police. So a lot of times we stay for their protection at the detriment of ours. Meant what I said. And I meant what I said. And so we got to do better with standing in that. Like, don't be afraid to stand in what you say. If you know that that is your truth, if you know that you are not called to that ministry, then you got to be bold enough to say, I'm not called to that ministry and be bold enough to walk away from it. Yeah, that's something that we've got to learn again because we have walked and lived our lives for so long feeling that outward influence and feeling that control. Like we weren't fully in control. Like we always had to do something to please somebody else. We had to do such and such to please our parents. Like I got to make these good grades to please my parents. I got to go to college immediately out of high school to please my parents. Mm -hmm. Forget the staggering debt, the staggering crippling debt Mm -hmm. that can put me in. But I got to do this because this will please my parents. And this will also please my community. This will make me look good, which will make me respectable, especially mm-hmm. to white people. And we need mm-hmm. them to be pleased so I can get a good job. You see what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's never it, about it's what never we really feel. Cycle. It's parent-child relationship. There has to be some level of friendship in order for the relationship to work. So, but yeah. I think yeah. for the overall African-American culture, I think the consistency is that you are not to be your child's friend. The assumption is that we're stricter and more and less tolerant when it comes to how we raise our children compared to some of the other races and nationalities. And I think some of that is contributed to the fact that a vast majority of Black children come from single parent homes. And I think I, I can say for me personally, as you know, because I raised my, my children for the most part by myself. And I can say for me that, no, I was a little stricter on them because I wanted to save them from the world. Right. Started to change as I really started getting heavy into that. And uh, one of the girls in the the circle of friends accidentally sent me a text message that I wasn't supposed to be included in. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) So what happened was... (laughs) I can mm-hmm. laugh about it now, girl, but I cry. Oh, yeah. yeah totally her daughter wanted all of us to get together and go on this kind of like a mini retreat. And she wanted the four of us to come. And she said, be sure to call to invite Aunt Shirley. She always called me Aunt Shirley. I'm not her aunt, but she called me Aunt Shirley. She said, I want her to be there. Well, she screenshotted the message that her daughter sent to her. And she sent it to the other ladies, but she didn't send it to me. So one of the ladies sent the, sent the message to a group text message and she said, hey, did y'all get my response on this? And I was like, oh, I didn't get this. Everybody does this. The whole, hey, praise God, it's not this. It could be worse. You know, be thankful for what you got. The reason we do that, I, I believe, this is just my opinion, is because we are very uncomfortable with discomfort. So we don't like to see people hurting, which of course, who we're human. And if we're decent human beings, we don't want to, we hate it. We hate to see somebody else in. But because we are very uncomfortable with the whole concept in the first place, we want to diffuse that pain as quickly as possible, or at least try and help. So we say all these things to try and bring this lighter perspective. 
And like you said, it, it inadvertently just completely invalidates whatever the person's feeling in the moment. Because if they are going, if what they're going through is fresh, like, hey, this just happened today <laughs> or like five minutes ago, there's nothing that you can say that's going to make me feel better. Okay, let me back up. I got pregnant. <laughs> I got married. I had a baby. That's what I'm trying to say. I graduated in June of 96 and then my son was born in December of 96 and I got married right after I graduated. Ten months later, my husband is like, yeah, I'm out. I don't want to do this anymore. Bye. That was the broken heart and the broken spirit too. Because unfortunately, when when relationships and they they go through those splits and things and that's just part of life everybody lots of people have gone through that lots of people have gone through a divorce but when you're in the midst of it lots of things get said to each other and at the time I'm a 23 year old young mom of a 10 month old infant and so he said some things to me that really cut me to my core and my spirit definitely was broken because I believed him I believed the things that he said about me and so it took a lot of years for me and see a lot of times we can't get can't get the healing that we need natty because we won't place the blame where the blame needs to be placed even with my mom i had to let my mom off the hook because i felt like somewhere down the line she failed me as a parent because how dare you marry a man knowing that he had already violated us I had to release that. Listen, I'm going to be 100 with y'all. I had to let God off the hook because I was mad. I was so mad at him for allowing all the things that happened, happened in my life. Like, how dare you allow all these things to happen to, to me? I am your child. I am serving you every day, striving to be a woman after your heart. And then you allow this to happen to me. How dare you?